Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, I'm Doug Prisoner. 17 past the hour now. Let's get you caught up on market action. Risk on for equities today. We had a rally in the stock market. Financials out in front. In a short while, the Fed will announce results from part two of its annual stress test. And these numbers are going to determine whether banks can now increase dividends or perhaps buy back stock. S&P Financials Index up about one and a half percent on the day. The S&P 500 better by nine tenths of one percent. The Dow Industrial Average meantime was up about seven tenths of one percent. We had a recovery in uh, many of the computer tech stock groups and it helped the Nasdaq composite to move back above that 50 day moving average. We fell below that level on Tuesday. Tuesday when a number of Fed officials questioned equity valuations. But today, uh, it seemed to forget about it because uh, the NASDAQ composite was up 1.4%. Longer-term interest rates backing up just a bit. U.S. 10-year last quoted in New York at a yield of 2.22%. The ECB seemed to dial back uh, from comments made yesterday by President Mario Draghi. They were kind of revising the script and saying, yeah, when he talked about deflationary forces being replaced by reflationary ones, what he really meant to say was he wanted to recognize that the strength of the Eurozone economy needed to be balanced with a warning that monetary support may still be needed. WTI crude oil right now trading in the electronic session up 1.3%. We are at 44.83. Carol Masser, you are caught up on markets. I'm going to send things back to you. I am because if you hadn't caught me up, Doug, I was going to toss it back to you. All right. Doug Krisner right here on Bloomberg Radio. Hold it, hold it, hold it! Freaking bugs in this bottle. Oh, just so you know. But everybody look in your glasses. Does anybody see bugs in their drink? All right, if you've watched Bar Rescue, you recognize a clip like that. Um, I've seen it. I've watched it with my husband. I've done marathon uh, sessions. Bar Rescue, bar owners whose uh, businesses are tanking. John Taffer and his team come in to turn it around, and he is in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Wednesday. Um, based in Las Vegas in our New York studio. Nice to have you here. Great to be here. This is my old home. I grew up here, so it's always fun to come back. <laughs> well, I, and truly, I have watched. Um, I'm always kind of blown away um, at how many poorly run bars there are out there. Talk to us about uh, kind of some of the things that you often see. You know, and also small businesses, but, you know, the kind of things that we see is we see people get into business for the wrong reasons. A lot of people get into bar business because they're socially inspired. Yeah. Open a bar in your basement if you want to do that. You know, then some people enjoy drinking, which is insane. It's like if you love drugs, become a pharmacist. I mean, that's absolutely insane. So people open them for the wrong reasons. Then they think it's fun. You know, people say a bar. Well, it costs a dollar for the alcohol in a glass. It's $7 for the drink. You have to make money. Right. No. You know, labor cost is 30%. Product cost is 25%. You know, rent is 10%. Marketing, administrative costs, another 6 7%. I mean, by the time you're done, you got a margin of about 10 to 12%. That's so, it? That's it. You make one or two mistakes, you're losing money that month. The that's, business is not inherently profitable. So many that, that you go into, right, they have troubles. You bring your team in. You redo the bar. You clean it up. That kind of always... Grosses me out how messy everything usually is. How many of the ones that you go in, John, with your team and fix and put on a better track, do they actually stick around? You know, that's a great question. And, and let me preface it by saying every failing business is a failing owner. Mm-hmm. So I can't just put up walls and wallpaper and new bar stools and furniture. I have to change them. Right. And change the decision making that they make. There's an independent website that tracks us. 
And it was originally created, I think, to assassinate me because it was very negative when it started. <laughs> now they're very fair. Yeah. And they have us tracking about a 75% success factor. That's impressive. And it, I, I'm very proud of it no, when you, you consider be. how far in debt they are. And here's something you probably don't know. I sometimes have to write a check just to keep their lights on while I'm there. That's how bad it is. Their deliveries are on COD. They have no credit with anyone. You know, their houses are on the line. They're right. four or 500,000 hours in debt, which is a lifetime to them. Right. So, you know, they're counting on me. It's really, you know, a last, a last Hail Mary for them, hoping I can turn it around. So when I do 70, 75% of the time, it, it makes feels really good. I mean, what do you think about kind of the overall kind of restaurant industry that we've seen? An awful lot of competition. There are some chains that are having a tough time. Yeah. There's not too many national chains that are doing great right now, other than some of the new ones. And a lot of it is the fact that, first of all, people have less leisure time than they did. If you look at leisure time to year 2000 to today, people have about 20% less leisure time than they did just 17 years ago. I believe it. It feels that way. It does. Yeah. So, so you're not as apt to go out as often. Yeah. You know, you're quicker to go home. When you do go out, you're not going to go out for two and a half hours to a fine dining restaurant all the time. It becomes fast and quick right. and more convenience dining. And then every gas station in America is now a restaurant <laughs> serving sandwiches and hot dogs and foods and candy and coffees. So the competition is outrageous and the amount of leisure time is down. So it's sort of a double whammy of saturation and slightly lower demand. Well, John, speaking of competition, you and I were talking before we got going. What do you think about Amazon? buying Whole Foods market, what it means for kind of the food industry. Yeah, it's a great question. And I was giving a keynote address at the specialty food convention at the Javits Center yesterday. Yeah. And I had a room of hundreds of specialty food people who were selling their products uh, uh, in that store. So they're terrified. They think that Whole Foods now, that their product is going to be destroyed because of an algorithm. So I'm explaining to them that now rather than several hundred people coming through the front door of the store, the world is their marketplace, that this is an exciting opportunity. If they don't adapt, they're going to get left behind. But it's a huge opportunity if they do. I mean, Amazon, nobody can argue how it makes our lives easier in many, many ways. Is Amazon ultimately a good thing longer term as they get their uh, you know, tentacles kind of into more and more things? You know what's interesting about Amazon is what I'm going to call secondary purchases. So you go to Amazon and buy one thing, you wind up buying a second thing. Yeah. That second vendor wins big time because you happen to be at Amazon at that moment. That's where the algorithms come into play. Bingo. Well. <laughs> you know, the right product flashes up, you know, intuitive marketing kicks in. So the fact is when you're on Amazon, you're selling stuff to people that they never thought they were going to buy. That's pretty neat. So that provides a revenue source for these secondary products that are linked to the product that you originally bought. Right. That's exciting. Right. So to me, I think the sales per individual is higher. Now, I got the app on my phone, right? One click here, one click there. I mean, in 30 seconds, I can buy 40 products now. It's crazy. I buy more because I don't have to drive everywhere to get it. So I think it's a win-win for everyone. Now, so, uh, so mall husband... operators might not love it, but it's a win-win for everybody. So my husband hides a laptop at home for me and my daughter. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, you're on a rescue tour. we got about 20 seconds left here. Tell me what that's about. 27 cities, six weeks. You know, my passion is small business. I do. I put together a three and a half hour program of teaching businesses how to add new customers, frequency, spend, everything. And the premise is that no business has expense problems, only revenue problems. You increase revenues by 40%, every expense problem goes away. That's what the rescue tour is about. I'm saving you 10 seconds. Based on what you're seeing in small business, how does the economy seem? Oh boy, it's exciting out there now. Good, healthy? Oh, it's healthy. I see a lot of consumer confidence. Good brands are doing really well. John Taffer, this was fun. Thank you.
He is host, executive producer at Bar Rescue on Spike TV, and you are listening to Bloomberg Radio.